Now, normally over the last few years, Hawthorne and Collingwood hasn't exactly been the rivalry that we've had with most clubs. But when it comes to the mid-season draft, it's the Hawks or the Pies that have benefited the most. The Hawks have picked up Jimmy Blank, Maxi Ramsden, and John Newcomb as ultimate success stories of the mid-season draft period with Collingwood's Ash Johnson, Josh Carmichael, and Johnny Noble proving a fruitful source for the Pies. But this isn't about... Craig McRae's boys, this is about the Hawks, what we're expected to do at the time of recording tomorrow night in terms of picking up one or potentially two mid-season talents. This is the Talking Hawks podcast, your one-stop shop for Hawthorne podcasting content, the podcast that connects Hawthorne fans from all around the globe, not just to each other, but to the club itself. My name's Daz. I've got Timmy alongside me. Great man. It's great to be chatting with you once again. Excellent talking to you too, Daz. Uh, very exciting time. We know that the Hawks are currently sitting at 75% in terms of their success rate for the mid-season draft. So hopefully tomorrow night we can pick up one, if not two, uh, quality players to add to the list. Which is extraordinary if you think about it. It, it is genuinely a free hit, the mid-season draft that we saw with Jai as well. The pick one in that draft was Jackson Edwards, who we still haven't seen at North with their revolving door of forward rucks, you could say. But, um, yeah, Jai just, oh, yes, please. The epitome of under our nose, mate. Exactly right. And you think about it, when he came through, he was actually available for every other club uh, to select. But he put in at the time for a longer-term contract. And since then, the AFL has gone out and changed the rules because Hawthorne, once again, were able to use the rules in place to be able to benefit themselves to the best of their ability. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just, it's just what we do, mate. It's we like everything in footy. It's the AFL's very reactive. So if you're going to, if you find a loophole, geez, you got to use it quick. And we've done it in a big, big way. So as it stands right now, uh, the Hawks have picked three and that's half speculative here because West Coast definitely have picked one. Jai Cully did his ACL at the MCG not too long ago, which we don't wish upon anyone here, of course. But he's on West Coast's long-term injury list, so they definitely got pick one. Potentially, they could take two with Jermaine Jones getting injured, actually, against us, mate. Uh, so they might take two selections. Now, and they're not back-to-back. -back. Like any draft, you have a first round where everyone who's got an available pick will have a go. It resets to the start, and it goes again. So a very linear draft for those that might be of a fantasy or super coach type mold. That will make more sense, which is great. North have got pick two. Technically not yet, but we think that they will with Jack Marnie going to be the man that is looking like he'll be put on the long-term injury list. At the time of recording, the lodgings aren't complete yet, so North might not have picked two, but if Jack Marnie's not going to play for the rest of the year and North clearly aren't the finished product, you'd think they were going to do that. And then, of course, the we've got the Hawks. So uh, I never thought I'd say this, mate, but let's start with North because they're actually the boring team to talk about. A lot of the media whispers says that they've already decided on their man. Yeah, so the whispers going around is that they're looking for a uh, a ruckman. Obviously, Todd Goldstein at the moment is playing that one out ruck role because Tristan uh, Zeri he hurt his uh, hurt his knee, I believe it was, or ankle in the first round. He's been out since then, so they're looking for some support for Goldie, who's not getting any younger. And I've heard whispers that uh, one of the gentlemen who's currently on Box Hill's list, who's been training with the Hawks over the past month in terms of Clay Tucker appears to be the one that they've settled on. Yeah, the Eastern Rangers boy. Now, Callum Coleman-Jones might be the, and 
see, I never thought I'd be talking about Callum Coleman-Jones on a Hawthorne podcast, but here we are. So shout out to you, Callum. He kicked nine in the reserves a fortnight ago. He's had a very good fortnight since. He could be the guy and North could genuinely screw us over in terms of players that we could want. We are going to talk about them, but does throw a little bit of a spanner in the works. If he is semi-good in Tristan Sherry, I still do think if Edwards hasn't worked out and they do take Tucker, I think Jackson Edwards' AFL career is effectively over at that point. But I, I never thought we'd say this, mate, but we need North to do the right thing. Now, that's not always going to be the case, as we know. But the reason why we say the right thing is because it actually gives us, I think, a clearer guide into the player that we're going to pick. If Tucker is still there, and we'll talk about the players that might go before him, if Tucker's still on the board for us, it's a lot of upside, but it also might be the difference between us taking a second selection or not, because there is a Victorian Test cricket star whose son we could be looking at in the second round. So... I know all the lodgings have got to take place, but I feel like if North do have two picks in, in this mid-season draft, I think we definitely need to take uh, two selections because, number one, we can pass, so we don't necessarily need to do it. But two, if we don't take at all, I'm kind of confused on the path that we're going down. Yeah, so at the moment, if you look at the list, we seem to be set in terms of midfield. So beginning of the year, we did have a spot available and, and Cal Brown, as well as Patrick Nash, uh, were competing for that spot and the club opted not to put either one of them in through the SSP. So in terms of the midfield, we look at it at the moment, we're killing it in terms of clearances. We've got guys playing at VFL level who are absolutely killing it in terms of Ned Long, Henry Husswaite, uh, Cooper Stevens as well. So the midfield is absolutely stacked. We then look forward and we go, you've got Emerson Jacker who's out with a, another hamstring injury. We've got Cozzy and Lewis, and that's it in terms of the, the big key tools uh, up forward. And then in terms of the ruck, we know that Max Lynch is now out. He's been placed onto the long-term injury list because of his ninth concussion in terms of his uh, footy career. And it means we're a bit light on in terms of ruck. So as you said, a tall is what we need. And if you've got two selections available, I think there's definitely two clear positions in terms of list management that we need to cover. Because the last thing we want is what we had last year where we end up with one ruck and there's no backup whatsoever. Yeah, exactly right. With Reeves, obviously, uh, Meek Ramsden, now that Max Lynch is uh, suffering from... Uh, gee, just uh, the unluckiest run genuinely of any footballer that I can think of in the last year and a half, big maxi. So let's start with the Eagles. Now, I am as confident as I can be that it is between two players. Local lad, Claremont boy, Jack Buller, 199 centimetre forward. Um, the good news, if there is good news for the Hawks, again, not that we wish this upon anyone, but his last waffle game did produce a little bit of a minor calf injury for Big Jack. I wonder if the Eagles need someone who's fully fit and ready to go now. Does that sway them towards the man that I think a lot of Hawthorne fans want to fall to pick three? That being Ryan Marich. He's 193 centimetres tall. I'm being told he's got one of the best kicking actions of someone of his size around, and we know how good of a kick someone like Mitch Lewis is. If you think of that Tom Hawkins-esque in-swinger from 51 on the boundary against the Saints, if you don't mind, to get us on the board. My God, wowee. It's between one of those two, um, definitely. Either one of those boys would be great at the Hawks, mate. If you had to pick, do you reckon, who do you think West Coast go with? Because it is important in terms of who we might get. Look, if, I, if I'm if i West Coast, I would sit there and think the actual setup cost in terms of getting Ryan Marich over there is going to mean money has to come out of the, the soft cap. 
you've got Jack Buller who's already playing over there in terms of WA boy, so you don't have to worry about the go-home factor. They've been able to see what he's been producing, and as you said, up until uh, you know on the weekend when he had the slight calf injury. So if I'm West Coast, I'm going Jack Buller because he's slightly bigger uh, in terms of his frame, in terms of his size, than Ryan Marich, and they need a replacement for Josh Kennedy who retired at the end of last year. And Jack Darling, who's out injured currently at the moment with a broken arm. So if I'm West Coast, I'm picking the bigger of the two. And I don't have to worry about the go-home factor. I don't have to worry about him wanting to go back to Victoria. And I think he, personally, I think he makes the perfect choice uh, for West Coast in terms of their list. Yeah, it's a decent point you bring up. I'm trying to think, has there been a mid-season draftee that's actually been traded? Like, because Paddy Parnell's still at the Crows. He was a Victorian boy. May I'm not sure if the go-home factor is as big in the mid-season draft. Because like I said, not only is it a free hit for the clubs, it's a free hit for the player. This is their chance. Um, And you might say, yeah, but the normal draft is their chance as well. But the amount of security, the layers, the scouting and all that, you are... you. I feel like if you're projected in the top 10, 15, you know you're getting drafted somewhere in that path. Whereas the mid-season draft, even though a guy like Ryan Marich, who, according to Fox Sports, has been interviewed by 12 clubs, uh, surely after the worst four in the league, the other eight just go, yeah, probably not, mate. We're not even going to get a chance to look at you. But sure, you do what you do with your money. I slightly disagree with you. I'm thinking they go with Marich because he's fit now. I completely agree with you that they need a forward target. Not going to lie with you at all. Oscar Allen, I think at this point is top five in the Coleman. And the next for the Eagles is I think like 28th. It's ridiculous. The gap probably why they're one of the worst teams in the competition. As we know, Marich comes in now. I know you say Darling's not, uh, not fit. And that's truly correct. They got Jack Williams as a center half forward who they drafted. They do like playing Jake Waterman as this hybrid, you know, kind of like Shane Edwards was the second tall for Richmond throughout there dynasty run and what differences those two footy clubs have got between them <laughs> during these periods. I know, but I don't think they're going to need marriage to be the, the center half forward once Darling's footy fully fit. I should say, I think West coast are going to keep Darling for the rest of his career for better or for worse. I know we talk up punky 499 goals. So we should Jack Darling's close to 500 goals as well. I know we love him because he hit himself in the chin in 2015 He's, I know he's a much maligned player, but he's still a very good footballer. 500 goals, nothing to sneeze at. He's there. I think West Coast would see him as their gunners. Hundred, I know. I feel bad for gunners because every third forward now is just going to be the next gunners. Which credit to him, he's a bloody star. But 193 centimeters, as light, athletic, and a beautiful kick as he is, I think it makes more sense to them long term because a guy is not going to come in and propel West Coast up the ladder even two spots. Let's be honest, they're last. Or their second last. And if they're second last, Clarko might get the sack if he comes back. Should be remarkable. So I, I think best fit for them actually is marriage. And I'm not saying that just because I want the other bloke, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be angry with either of them, to be honest. But yeah, I just get the feeling he could he could he he'd, he'd walk into that twenty two, injured or not. They need no they need more size, mate. It's it's we saw it. Oh, um, up front, 116 points. They didn't look dangerous unless they were putting it on Oscar Allen's head. Yeah, that's correct in terms of that. And it'll be interesting. He's coming off two games for Box Hill, where he's kicked two goals in both of them. So, you know, two games at the VFL level for four goals uh, from a kid who was you know playing for Gippsland at, at, before he uh, was given the opportunity for Box Hill. He's looked incredible uh, when he's been out there. As you said, he's he's kicking technique that he has looks absolutely seamless and faultless. 
Um, I just hope that Hawthorne get him. Obviously, he spent the last month training with the club. Sam's been keeping a really close eye on him. Sam was there at Box Hill yesterday to get one last look. And Sam did mention last week that uh, in his press conference that there was 11 or 12 on his radar. So obviously, we know marriage is definitely one of those. Uh, and then, you know, if it's not marriage, then Jack Buller would probably be the other one uh, in terms of that forward role that we need. Because as we said, we've currently got Lewis and Cozzy. Uh, Jack are at the moment, obviously, on the sideline, and we're not sure when he'll uh, come back and if his body will hold up when he does come back. So we do need some extra uh, assurance in terms of that forward position. Well, of course. So we've talked about Clay Tucker, the big Ruckman, Marich, Buller. At least one of them is going to be available, which is a good sign. And we probably think it's going to be one of those three at our first pick. But just in case the Hawks want to throw a spanner in the works, a couple of other names that are worth uh, bringing up. We'll start with Ethan Stanley. 188 centimetres. He's quick, which is good. That's the way that we want to play the game. They reckon he's got really good speed, good nous. He's your, your footballer and athlete hybrid. He's not a, an athlete you got to teach how to be a footballer. He's not a footballer that needs to to build a tank or anything. I just wonder, mate, do we really need another wingman? And the, of course, I take nothing away from Ethan Stanley as a player person, but does he fit the list profile? Yeah, in terms of the list profile, I'd, I personally don't think that uh, he fits what we need at the moment, but he's one of those players that came from the Frankston YCW. So that's one of the, the two players at the beginning of the year that Andy Stone Collins cats. Andy Collins handpicked to mm. uh, to come onto the Box Hill list. So Colo obviously saw something in him and, and thinks that uh, he's got a, a bright future ahead of him. So you know whether or not we pick him up in terms of the mid-season draft this time around or... You know, who knows, maybe sometime down the track, he might end up on a Hawthorne list. But in terms of the current makeup, and if we're going from a purely list management position, I don't think we need another outside uh, player in terms of being able to play the wing. Yeah, and the other man, of course, Northern Bullants, uh, Brandon Ryan, the nephew of Luke Ryan, of course, at Frio. A bit taller than Luke, 200 centimetres. He's a... I love how they're describing youngsters now, mate, as key position talent. So what that means is he's played one position really well, and then a coach somewhere on a rainy day tried putting him behind the ball once or twice or ahead of the ball, and now all of a sudden he's a key position talent. But 200 centimetres, good size, playing for the Northern Bullands, who are struggling at the moment, the boy from Barwon Heads. Um, uh, he's averaging two, just over two and a half goals a game, 14 disposals, five marks, with 2.2 of them being contested. Certainly not bad. Yeah, yeah certainly not bad. Gonna be, there's only going to be 10 picks, apparently, according to Cal Toomey, a man I trust, uh, as we all should. Uh, sorry, cousin Brandon is, not nephew of Luke Ryan. That didn't sound right when I said it, but I've corrected <laughs> myself there. Um, uh, there are only going to be 10 picks in the first round. So technically, the Hawks are going to have pick three and pick 13. So could Brandon Ryan sneak through and, jeez, uh, if we could come away with this draft with Marich or Buller or Tucker, Swing around to the second round and pick up Brandon Ryan. Mate, we're going to be coming on here for the review and we're going to be frothing, genuinely frothing at this. Yeah, he's, uh, he looks a good prospect too. I mean, the only thing is that uh, he's 25. So if we're talking about the the age of the list, uh, it's probably not one that we might have considered in the past because we think about all those young kids that we've got coming through. And he, it'll be interesting to see whether or not, I do know that he has had one interview uh, in terms with an AFL club in the lead up to the mid-season draft, and it was us. Mm. So we've obviously shown some interest in him. Uh, he had quite a good game 
when Box Hill played against uh, the Northern, uh, the Bullets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked quite good in terms of here's a left footer. So a couple of similarities there between him and uh, Maxi Ramson. Can play as a ruck, can play as a forward. So kind of that hybrid, uh, which would be interesting because I think then you'd have two pure rucks in terms of Lloyd Meek and Ned Reeves. And then you have two hybrid rucks in terms of Max Ramston and then possibly Brandon Ryan, who are able to play both ruck and or key forward positions. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, Timmy. If I've got a man in a really bad side, which is what the Northern Bullants have been to start the year, and he's kicking two and a half goals a game, he ain't going in the ruck. Just just not just not at all. And and I know we said the same thing about Cozzy and circumstances changed that last year, I know, but that absolute under zero circumstances is that man going anywhere near a stoppage. And the last man that we've got to talk about, mate, before we actually give some predictions here, which is what we want. Uh, the last man to talk about is Will Elliott. The son of Matthew Elliott, who was just the, uh, around the time of my birth, mate. I don't know how much of a cricket fan you are, but Victorian, um, very, very good cricketer. Matthew Elliott and his son looked at his old man at about 12 years old and went, I think I'm going to outgrow you. He's 203 centimeters and he's a, his old man's not that. Let's just, let's just go with that, Timmy. His old man is not 203 centimeters, Uh, but another tall and clearly size is what the Hawks are looking for. And it's what we're going to get. Yeah. Matthew Elliott. I uh, remember growing up watching him. I actually saw him at the SCG one day where he broke his leg. Yeah, uh, midway oh. through and uh, still dragged himself back to make sure he didn't get run out. Yeah. And as a left-hand youngster, I absolutely loved watching Matthew Elliott yeah. play because he's a left-hander. But uh, yeah, he's certainly got uh, some height coming through for his uh, for his boys. So Will, so Will's currently on the uh, the Box Hill list. Hasn't actually played a game for Box Hill yet, which I found really interesting. So yeah. Clay Tucker on the weekend did play uh, for Box Hill. Will Elliott on the list. Very similar size to Clay Tucker. Will has been at training the past month. So doing some some work with both Ned Reeves and also Lloyd Meek. And I just find it fascinating that he hasn't actually had a go yet uh, so far for Box Hill. And I wonder if that's because the club sees something in him. But rather than putting him out there for everyone else to see, we'll let him go and play for his community club of Norwood and just keep him in the background. Yeah, and then we can strike like Geelong did with Andrew Mackey. Just kept just kept him in South Australia, away from the recruiters, and then his name got called out. And apparently, people at the draft went, "Who?" Well, <laughs> he's only a three-time Premiership player, a star, and apparently one of the best sledges of all time too. So, it can happen, mate. All right, let's get to prediction time. And 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 the good news is, mate, we've only got about twenty-four hours to look silly if this goes badly. But anyway, we'll get to it. Um. Who do you suspect the Hawks will be calling out with pick three first, and then we'll get to uh, we'll get to pick thirteen. Yeah, so I reckon with pick three we'll see Ryan Marich joining the Hawks. I still believe that they'll uh, that West Coast will go with Jack Buller. I know that Ryan Marich has put an eighteen month contract uh, in terms of his uh, MSD negotiation, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not that plays a part. But I think we will uh, we'll pick up Ryan Marich with our first pick at pick three. I like it. I like it. I'm going to get my uh, my crystals out and my voodoo dolls, and I'm going to be manifesting Jack Buller in a Hawthorne jumper. Let me tell you, 17 touches, 1.6 goals a game, contested marker. He's only 22 years old as well. And um, just a fun fact, too, about um, about Brandon Ryan, if, if we did draft him at 13, I don't know if he's going to be your prediction, he would walk into the football club as our 11th oldest player on the list. <laughs> That's uh, that says it all, doesn't it? That, that's that says just, it that's, all. 
That's nuts. He's uh so yeah, it would be interesting. You could say, you know, who, who are the some of the veterans on your list? Well, it's a bloke that hasn't played yet, so that would be interesting. <laughs> and um, do you well, first of all, do you think we'll take a second pick? And if so, uh, who do you think's most likely? Yeah, I think we definitely have to take a, a second pick because if we do pick up Ryan Maritz, uh, the first pick, or even if we pick up Jack Buller, I still think we're light on in terms of the ruck. So I really think we need to use that second pick. And if it's available to you and it's a free hit, why not? Mm. You pick up the guy for six months, they show something, you keep him on the list. If not, thanks very much for your services. We appreciate you uh, being part of the Hawthorne Footy Club. But yeah, I think we definitely use the uh, the second pick. And if I had to pick one, I, uh, I'm i currently going with Will Elliott. I think they've hidden him. No, hidden I, him I like it. Hidden him. And uh, we'll pick him up. Everyone will go, who's this kid? And uh, in three or four years' time, I think you'll be a bit of a slow burn. We'll go, geez, what a what a beautiful pickup that was by Hawthorne as you know, we're uh, lifting the Premiership Cup on the dais. Well, I'll tell you what we are doing, mate, if we do take a Ruckman. We are either producing one of the best Ruck rooms in the AFL or we are building some trade assets that are extraordinary. Because as we know, mate, there are only two ways to get um, – there are only two reasons that you grab a Ruckman at any point, and that's either the number one Ruck – or you get a second round pick for him. That it was a running <laughs> joke for ages throughout the 2000s and the early 2010s. It was almost a revolving door. You either drafted an Aaron Sanderlands or like Richmond, you just went and got Toby Nan Curvis and it seemed to work out well for them. And there you kind of two your two options. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if we take Buller, I think Brandon Ryan becomes a little bit obsolete. I don't think you take two center forwards. Um, so I'd probably agree with you. I'd probably think if they, we take Buller. Uh, Will Elliott, and I think if we take Ryan Marich, I reckon we're going to look for that that centre half forward, and Brandon Ryan's going to be on the cards. But there you go, Hawks fans. Hopefully, you're a little bit more up to date with what's happening in the mid season draft, and also you can help support Talking Hawks by playout sponsoring, or what I should say is sponsoring our players: John Newcomb, Denver Granger, Barris, and Jasmine Fleming are all going beautifully. At the moment, and if you want to get involved, the sponsorship nights are amazing. Access to the players, and of course, you get to be a part of not only the Talking Hawks family, but the Hawthorne family in a bigger way. You can visit talkinghawks.com slash player sponsorship or just talkinghawks.com. And on the right-hand side there, you'll see the big, big, big sponsor image that Mitch put together, the star himself. Timmy, it's been a pleasure talking to you, mate. And fingers crossed, there's a, a couple of Hawthorne nuggets that are coming through tomorrow night. Yeah, very much looking forward to seeing who we do pick up in the mid-season draft, and hopefully we see them having uh, long and prosperous careers in the brown and gold. Absolutely, and if you're listening to this before 8 o'clock on Wednesday, Australian Eastern Standard Time, join us on YouTube or Facebook for the fan live stream where we'll talk all things mid-season draft. A great win over the Saints, and look forward to playing Port. If you haven't checked out Six Points, Timmy and Liam did a fantastic job covering all the major talking points from the win at Marvel. Take it easy, Hawks fans. Thank you for jumping on, and until next time, go the Hawks.